0: So I've got a friend of mine who used to live here in Long Beach. Um, He moved to Florida six weeks ago just outside of Fort Myers. He was in, uh, 10 years ago, he was here in Long Beach. So in these 10 years, he's dealt with uh, digging out From Sandy, and now from Ian. I texted him, uh, I guess it was Friday, maybe Friday night, just to kind of see how he was doing. And this is what he said We lost the entire first floor of the house. His son's room is on the first floor. He said, Everything is gone, everything he has. A couple of walls were blown out. It's bad. It's just another setback since we moved here. The job I had was rescinded due to budget cuts. They called me on my drive to Florida. My wife tested positive for COVID on the way down from Florida, which I ended up with for almost two weeks. Her wife's friend, he tells me, was being treated for bronchitis for a couple of months. She was finally diagnosed with this rare form of lung cancer. She died three weeks ago, leaving behind um, a husband and a son, a 10-year-old boy. He says, I'm trying to stay positive, but it's really challenging my faith. Sorry for being such a downer. It'll be a while for all this to wear off and to return to some kind of normal life. I hope all is well with you. The Mets need to win these next two. (laughs) Say a prayer. You know, I haven't responded to him yet I mean, I will, I have to, I want to, but like, how do you respond to that? Just hang in there? Like, what do you say? You know, what do you say when like somebody's life is kind of blown up, come apart? I have to say more than just hang in there. But you know what? Just hang in there. Has to be a part of it. Because it really is the response, kind of at the end of the day. Like You're going to be okay. And when you're standing in the rubble of your ruined house, I know you're going to be okay is hard to hear and harder to believe. But that really is the response. If you're a person of faith, I mean, if you don't have faith, I don't know what you say. You say, "All right, let's." I'll write you a check. I'll. I don't know. I don't know what you say. In 1906, the uh, famous San Francisco earthquake, or well, one of them, anyway, um, was a pretty bad one. Three thousand people died. Half the city became homeless. And uh, as bad as the earthquake was, they say the fires that happened as a result were, in some respects, more devastating. Uh, I think more people died because of the fires and lost their homes because of the fires. There was this woman who lived in San Francisco, she lost her husband in the earthquake. She lost her two only kids in the fire. Because of the earthquake, there was a tsunami on the coast. She lost her parents in the tsunami. I wonder what people said to her. Just hang in there. She did just that. She hung in. At the end of her life, I think this was like the 1930s now, she was honored by San Francisco, the city, for all that she had done and created out of this horrible event, this terrible tragedy that came her way. This was 1906 when this happened. There were no social services. There really were no safety nets. There was no FEMA. So people were largely on their own. And she went to work, like in the midst of her grief and loss. She set up these systems, these safety nets, homeless shelters, clinics for people who had, you know, no health care, no money for health care. This is what she said when she was honored. She said, uh, talking about her loss, she said, I had a choice to surrender my life to despair or to search for hope and meaning. I chose hope and found meaning. It was hope born out of my faith. Despite my loneliness, I knew I wasn't alone. She hung in there. I kind of became this hero. I think this model, I'd say for all of us. You know, this first reading, it's a great Old Testament This guy, Habakkuk, he's a prophet, not one of the famous ones. But what he talks about in these couple of verses is really important. Because it's one of the huge reasons, maybe the reason why people lose their faith. And check out, they kind of quit God. They boycott faith. It's when terrible things happen. they're looking for answers, they can't find them. There's got to be somebody to blame, so God gets it. How long, he says, how long, Lord? I cry out for help, but you don't listen. I cry out violence, but you don't intervene. Why do you let me see ruin? Why must I look at misery? Hey, he's asking all the questions that I think so many of us, probably all of us, ask. I'm sure my buddy in Florida this morning is asking those questions. Like, are you kidding? I got to go through this a second time? Once was enough. And I got to start all over? And I just lost the job that I never even had, but was expecting? I wonder what that woman in San Francisco said. I wonder if they were all, I wonder if it was one big funeral mass. Husband, kids, parents. I mean, she had to be asking these questions. They're very real questions. I think if we don't ask them, when life is tough, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how we don't. Some of them ask them louder and a little more persistent, but I think we all do. When bad stuff happens, it's like, God, come on. Where are you? Why are you not listening? Again? Really? But then you get the response. This is why this passage is so important. Essentially, he says, hey, you got to hang in there. Because I will not leave you. I will not not be there. You think I'm gone. You think I'm delayed. I'll be there. You are not alone. Hang in there. I mean, isn't that kind of what we, when, it's, when we're at our worst, isn't that kind of what we need to hear? We've got to make it work. I remember hearing this, reading about this, uh, I guess it was sort of like a fable, Chinese Fable. This guy's a farmer. He's got a horse, and the horse wanders away. He loses the horse, and it's a big deal. It's his only horse. It's a source of income on the farm. So the horse is gone, and the village comes to his house, and they're, they're so sorry. They almost come to kind of pay their respects. And he appreciates it, but he says, uh, we will see. A week later, the horse shows up with three more horses. Now he's got four. He had one. Now he's got four. So the village shows up again, and they want to throw a party. Look at your good fortune. And he says, I know, but we'll see. A couple days later, his son rides one of the new horses, and he's thrown from it and he breaks his leg. So people in the village express their regrets, and we're so sorry. Well, we'll see. A week later, the government shows up. A representative from the army, the draft board shows up, coming to draft his son into the army. But he's got a busted leg, so they move on. The village comes in to celebrate. And the father and the farmer says, we'll see. Like, isn't that kind of life? Sometimes in the darkest moments, truth kind of emerges. Light starts to make its way out of the darkness. I mean, doesn't it, doesn't it kind of work that way? You know the uh, Tunnel for Towers group. You see the commercials on TV a lot. Stephen Siller, he was the fireman. He died on 9 11. He ran through the tunnel with his equipment. He was off. He was getting ready to play golf with his four other brothers, or I think, I think there were five brothers in this family. When he was eight, Stephen, his father died. A year and a half later, his mother died. Before he was 10, he was orphaned. But they say his older siblings, his older brothers, raised them. He got married. He had five kids of his own. And then they lost lost him, they lost their father on 9 11. You watch some of those commercials? How do you not? You look at the faces of these disabled veterans and widows of cops and firemen as they walk into the house that's been built for them to ha- help them deal with their disability. With well, a look of relief in their eyes when they tell the story, they describe how they were told that their mortgage is now going to be paid a, a police widow. That was all born out of something terrible. People who didn't give up. People who on some level believe these words of Habakkuk. I'm coming for you. You're not alone. You know, I see these statistics constantly anymore, and I'm referencing them every time I see them because they're so troubling. You know, as, as the percentages of church going decreases, you know, it's exploding depression, despair, suicide, hopelessness. The more we walk away from God as a people and as a culture and as families, the more isolated and hopeless we're becoming. Like, that's not just a priest in a pulpit saying it. Like, that's what the stats are telling us. Isn't there a connection? Isn't it really this message from Habakkuk? Like, hey, I know it's terrible. I know what you're going through, but you will get through this because you are not alone. But you know what? If you think maybe I am alone, then you begin to think, maybe I won't get through this. That's when despair comes roaring down Main Street and breaks into our lives. And we do lose hope because we begin to contemplate that maybe we are alone. But faith, Christ, this place, communities of faith, they tell us opposite. They're like, no, you just got to hang in. Because it's gonna get better. You know there was a movie when I was a kid. Uh, I didn't see it when I was a kid. I saw it later but I loved it. I've seen it a bunch of times since. Probably like 1974. It's a great New York City movie. It was uh, filmed in the city. It was called The Taking of Pelham 123. If anybody remember it. They, they, they redid it a couple of years ago. John Travolta did the remake but the original is great. Walter Matthau is in it, Robert Shaw. These four bad guys hijack a subway car in the city, an underground subway car. They know what they're doing. Um, In the movie, basically, it all takes place in a couple of hours. They hijack this car. There's about 25 people in it. Robert Shaw contacts the, uh, you know, control police department, the transit authority, and says, hey, we're, we're going to start shooting people if you don't get us a million dollars by a certain, within an hour. Walter Mathau is this, uh, I guess he's a transit cop officer. So he's kind of, its sort of like this back and forth between these, these, two good, these two guys, good guy and a bad guy. Eventually, they get the money. They deliver the money. But then the question is like, how are they gonna get out? You're in a subway car, you're underground. How are they gonna escape? But Walter Matthau says, hey, these guys, every step along the way, they've figured this thing out. So they got something going. But how do you escape from a subway? They got cops, they're tracking it on the board. So they're like, they know where the train is, what street it's at, what station it's in between. Cops are everywhere on the, on the streets. Anyway, what these bad guys do is they, they, they rig this device, which makes it look like somebody's driving the train, but nobody is. The train starts to move, and they're tracking it. They see the lights on the board, so all the cops start going toward where the train is moving. But these four guys have gotten off the train. They put this device on this, like the, uh, in the steering wheel, essentially, and that's driving this train. And it starts to take off, and eventually the the hostages realize it. They're like, there's nobody riding the truck. They still think the bad guys are there. They realize that nobody's driving the train. And it's getting faster and faster. And now it's like out of control. People are screaming. They're hysterical. There's an old guy, one of these hostages, this old little old man. And he says to the people, the train's going to stop. I've been riding these, this, the subway for 60 years. I know how it works. It's gonna stop, and the thing is roaring. It's getting faster and faster, and all you see down the, the tunnel are these red, li- uh, green lights, green light, green light. It's like it's not. There's no way it's stopping. And people are Like they're looking at him like he's a crazy man. This old guy is just saying it's gonna stop. We're gonna be okay people are flailing it's chaos and bam all of a sudden a red light flashes and it comes to this screeching halt the people go flying out of their seats land on the floor of the subway but they're all it stopped they're grateful and they get up and they all look at the old guy and the old guy's like i i told you it was going to stop hey what the old guy said is what habakkuk said It's gonna stop. It's gonna be okay. So you just gotta hang in there. doesn't mean you don't do anything when we're in a jam. It doesn't mean you don't proactively try to dig yourself out of the hole you're in. But you're not the only one digging. That's the point. Jesus says it. He talks about just power. Power that comes from faith. He said if you had a a tiny bit of faith, you couldn't believe what you'd survive you'd be able to do almost the impossible. You don't even need a lot of it, but you need some. Well, this is where we get it. This is where we come for the faith. This place. Not the only place, but the primary one. So what's your, what's your Pelham 123 look like? What's your out-of-control subway car look like? Something going on in my life that is not in control, isn't what I need it to be, or what it should be. I've been hurt in some way, I've been betrayed. Something unfair has come my way, loss. I thought I'd be at a different place than I am and I'm actually way not where I wanna be. And none of that is easy. It's my friend in Florida. I'm not saying take an objectively rotten situation and put a smiley face on it. It is what it is. But it doesn't end there. It's what they're all saying in these readings. It's that woman in San Francisco and what she made of her life. It's what the Siller family did 20 years ago and what they made of their tragedy. I think to have faith is to live outside of the box. I thought my life was gonna be this box and I'm realizing it's actually not exactly what I thought or hoped for. Hopefully a lot of it is, but it's not all. And sometimes it's seriously not what I had thought So, I need to live outside of the box. Faith allows that, faith provides that. Let it hang in there.